Once upon a time in New Jersey, there was an amusement park perfect for teenagers, thrill seekers, the suicidal, and also aspiring grave diggers wishing to get an early jump on their careers. It was called Action Park, where each individual ride allowed you to control your own destiny. You could go faster or slower. You could decide to swim or sink. You could decide to grow old and have children or just shut her down early to visit heaven and save your parents the college tuition money. Several decades and six deaths later, Action Park is remembered fondly by teenagers, personal injury attorneys, and emergency room doctors who purchased vacation homes due to the endless broken bones provided by Action Park. This is Dumb People with Terrible Ideas. I'm your host, Eric Gray. the action with over 50 rides, shows, and attractions at the world's largest participation park, where you and the rides become one. You're just minutes away. There's nothing in the world like Action Park. In the 70s, 80s, and 90s, Action Park was nestled in the comforting bosom of a former ski slope, bursting onto the scene with a singular mission. Why rupture your meniscus on snow in the winter? when you can do it just as spectacularly in the sun in the summer. The park caused countless injuries. In fact, the park was divided in half by an interstate, so riders on the go-kart track could make a wrong turn, wander through an open gate, and find themselves among long-haul truckers barreling through several lanes of traffic going 80 miles per hour. Skip playing video games, Kyle. At Action Park, you played Frogger in real life. Some fucking Einstein discovered you could override the go-kart's self-imposed speed limit with a simple tennis ball. At once, turning a go-kart that maxed out at 20 mile per hour tops into a two foot tall 70 mile per hour cannonball. The whole park was like that. A mishmash of bad ideas what's the worst that could happen style engineering and youthful exuberance like the alpine slide where you would pilot a barely functional sled on wheels on a concrete sidewalk winding down a steep mountain directly under the chairlift that took kids to the top of the ride gravity's capricious nature came into play when crafty kids discovered they could defy decency by spitting peeing or yes, even pooping from the chairlift onto unsuspecting alpine slide riders below. Some kids became so adept at this hobby, target pooping, that they perfected the art of launching a turd out of their own mud tunnel with the precision of a NASA engineer landing a spacecraft on the moon. Instead of solving this literal crapshoot, Action Park took a masterclass in 
making things worse by requiring the people traveling via chairlift to the top of the alpine slide to bring their own 40-pound sled on wheels with them on the lift, too. Now, instead of yesterday's cheeseburger in fecal form, these teens started dropping their own sled onto the riders below. The alpine slide was a rich canvas painted with laughter, terror, feces, and 40-pound carts with wheels fracturing your skull from the sky. Enter the teenage employees, 1985's mullet-clad heroes who alternated between saving lives and perfecting their doobie smoke rings behind the Dippin' Dots cart. But hey, they had name tags, so it must have been safe, right? Everyone seemed to trust the park. No one should have trusted the park. Ah, the 80s. An era of misplaced trust where a sweaty 17-year-old, high off ditchweed, looked like the responsible one. There are wave pools at tons of water parks, but the one at Action Park was utterly insane. The crowd was chaotic. The waves were much bigger than they should have been, and they went on for much longer than they should have gone on. The staff, the lifeguards, they didn't stand a chance. Let's go to the Action Park Wave Pool, a standard attraction for any water park, and perhaps the only attraction that was on speaking terms with the laws of physics. Ordinarily, a wave pool follows a schedule, waves for a few minutes, and then a much longer extended period of calm so that one could catch their breath, grab a snack, and relax. A healthy, balance between excitement and relaxation. Not at Action Park. They cranked that watery bastard up to 11. Blasting rolling swells of towering water into the human flotsam and jetsam. Mimicking Mother Nature, if Mother Nature had held a personal grudge against humanity. Kids were swept away. Floaties and inflatables were ripped from the grip of every 10-year-old in sight. People got scared, shit their pants, and forgot how to swim. Patrons were clinging to the side of the pool, begging for their lives. The waves treated every person like that person had just fucked the wave's wife. It was like they held WWE SmackDown on the movie set of Titanic. We were one of the first guys in the country to put in a wave pool. And the day that we opened the wave pool, we must have pulled 100 people out of the wave pool with our lifeguards. It was crazy. Mom and Dad, they expected a relaxing pool day. Instead, it was like Poseidon himself was summoned to assess your stupid son's swimming skills. About twice a day, the uh, wayward inflatables would stage their own rebellion, forming an independent floating island in the middle of the deep end, daring drowning patrons to swim into the danger to reclaim their $2 pool noodle. The lifeguards started calling it the grave pool. Management immediately stepped in to correct the problem, not by turning the waves down, mind you, because they had lost the instruction manual, but instead painting the bottom of the wave pool white to more quickly identify the bodies of future drowning victims. 
The owner of Action Park was Gene Mulvahill. Gene Mulvahill was a barrel-chested, fun, funny, rich, grizzly bear of a man who acted like he was the offspring of P.T. Barnum and an ACL tear. He felt amusement park rides were too sterile, giving the same experience to everyone, regardless of their risk level. So he created a place where each rider could tailor their experience to their own level of adventure and or pain endurance. At Action Park, you didn't merely sit back and enjoy it, oh no. You were the director, star, and stuntman of your own personal action movie. Like the Alpine Slide, you can use the brakes, or not, or the go-karts. You could use a tennis ball to make the thing go 70 miles an hour, or not. It was just mayhem. It was just a glorious, twisted beauty of chaos and teenage sweat and blood and body fluids and cotton candy and 24 ounces of beer sold for a buck. At Action Park, you were going to live forever until you died, which became more and more likely the longer you stayed a customer. One day, Gene Mulvihill created a new water slide, the first of its kind, that had an upside-down loop-de-loop right in the middle. This had never been attempted before because it violates the laws of gravity, the unique properties of water, and the physical limitations of the human body. Gene built a long tube, dark as night. No engineer, no structural consultant, nothing but Gene, who created it, turned on the water, and sent a department store mannequin down the slide for a test run. The mannequin emerged from the bottom of the slide, missing its own head. Old Gene, huh? he had zero regard for mannequin decapitation and took this as a promising sign that the slide worked great. He then gave fresh $100 bills to any of the lifeguards who had the cojones to test it before the slide went public the very next day. All these brave lifeguards, they all emerged with bloody noses and ripped scalps. If they went in headfirst, they emerged feet first and vice versa. It was a breathtaking display of human origami. Upon realizing that even the lifeguards needed lifeguards at Action Park, most responsible businessmen would scrap the idea. But to Gene, this was exactly what success looked like. So then, the public got to try it out themselves. The first challenge was to find out why customers kept emerging from the slide bleeding like, are you there God, it's me Margaret, on a much larger scale than the lifeguards had the previous day. Gene discovered that the problem was that human teeth had been embedded inside the slide from the day before and were tearing into the skin of his customers. He removed the teeth from inside the slide and fired that some bitch up again. The second challenge was to figure out why some people got stuck in the slide and others did not. Gene never solved this problem and he never really redesigned the slide. 
Instead, he just built a hatch on the top of the loop to help extract customers that were stuck and perhaps allow for easier teeth removal in the future. The ride, called the Cannonball Loop, was closed after a month, not by Action Park or Gene or an insurance company or a physician or an engineer or a police officer or a homicide detective, but by the state of New Jersey, proving that New Jersey does, in fact, have a minimal standard of conduct for their residents. Here is a story written by Gene Mulvihill's son, Andy, who wrote the book Action Park, Fast Times, Wild Rides, and the Untold Story of America's Most Dangerous Amusement Park. If you'd like to read it, you'll find an Amazon link in the show notes. Andy was a lifeguard and remembers this story. A boy came up to me. Mister, he said, how deep is the water? Over your head, I said, don't go in. I turned around. When I turned back, the kid was upside down in an inner tube, legs pumping in the air like he was riding an invisible bicycle. I pulled him out. What happened? You're supposed to pull me out before I drown, the kid said. You need to be more careful, I said, a paternal hand on his shoulder. Eat a dick, the kid said, and then he dived right back in. We got a reputation as being the wildest amusement park in the world. It's been shut for almost 20 years, and I think no amusement park has caught up to its death toll yet. If you told somebody about this, it sounds like you're making stuff up. Many of the rides at Action Park were like Jekyll and Hyde. They were two-faced. They came with significant pluses and significant minuses. Like being first lady, but required to fuck Donald Trump. Like the bumper boats, these noisy, splashy, gassy bastards were brutalized by drunk patrons for hours at a time. And they left a thick sheen of oil and gasoline on top of the pond water that made the top layer of water flammable. But that same layer of oil and gasoline helped kill some of the snakes and snapping turtles. Same thing with the Tarzan swing, man, lots of pluses and minuses. It was simply a rope suspended across a lagoon that allowed you to swing far out into the air and fall 20 feet into the water below. The line of kids waiting to do the Tarzan swing were carefully watching every participant, grading them on difficulty or attractiveness. Good job, she's cute. It was like an acrobatics-themed dating show. Hey, what's your number? But it was also a place of humiliation. I think I know her. As the day grew longer. Do I know you? And the beer flowed more freely, and the chance of good job or what's your number became more, um, aggressive. Fuck you. Pussy. Show us your tits. He's that gay. guy's gay. Motherfucker, that ain't Oprah Winfrey. Who's got a dime bag? I Who's need a blowjob. Fuck off, asshole. Are you Irish? Because my penis is Dublin. The first death occurred on the Alpine slide. A guy crushed his head after jumping the track careening down the mountain bereft of direction or brakes because his sled was broken. Three folks died in the wave pool. One guy was electrocuted in the water on a kayak ride. 
another one died on the Tarzan swing because the pond water, basically just a collection of snow runoff from only a few weeks earlier, was so cold that the guy went into cardiac arrest. These are the recorded deaths, mind you. Jean Mulvihill, who was dedicated to inventing new injuries that hadn't even been named yet, was often in trouble from the local authorities for not accurately reporting injuries or deaths that occurred at the park. Locals started calling it Traction Park or Class Action Park. Ambulances would visit three or four, maybe five times a day requiring Jean Mulvihill to purchase additional ambulances for the local hospital. In just two years, the Alpine slide produced 14 fractures and 26 head injuries. And remember, these were the reported injuries. The real number was certainly much, much higher. The park's reputation started to take a hit as multiple deaths might do to a place like this. Action Park couldn't find an insurance carrier to protect the park from liability, so Gene created his own insurance company to cover the amusement park, which sounds like it should be against the law, right? And it was. New Jersey delivered a 110-count indictment against the owners of Action Park, including Gene, of course, who pled guilty to five counts of insurance fraud. His son, Andy, is still with us, however, and he looks like his dad. I mean, he's no longer a teen lifeguard, right? He's now middle-aged, gray hair, still handsome, but in a frat boyish sort of way, still acts like his dad, actually is part owner of the park now although they've changed the name. Andy was one of the lifeguards that pulled one of the drowning victims from the wave pool out in 1984. When looking back on that summer, the responsibility that Andy had as a teenaged employee and the craziness of his dad's own amusement park and the young man's own experience swimming to, diving downward and retrieving a dead person a drowning victim from the bottom of the pool. Andy, as a middle-aged man, looks sad and simply says, quote, it was devastating. Action Park was a symphony of youthful chaos. Imagine the sweet sound of ambulance sirens, harmonizing with the joyous shrieks of thrill-seekers, the smell of beer and weed mingling with the smell of corn dogs and chlorine. Young men and young women at their peak physical condition, with no fear and no money, enjoying the endless summer. Action Park catered to them, and also cater to a total disregard of social norms, total disregard of the laws of gravity. Action Park was where waves held a grudge and a slogan, this is Action Park's slogan, where you're the center of the action. The park would have been better served by simply using the slogan, brace for impact, 
because that's what you did at Action Park. You braced for impact into the side of the wave pool, or the rocks, or the snakes. Or sometimes you just brace for impact into adulthood. Action Park may have been a perfect training ground for adulthood. You just brace for impact and hope to survive. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dumb People with Terrible Ideas on Action Park. If you'd like to buy Andy's book on the subject, uh, there's a uh, there's a link in the show notes. Just click on that. You can buy it from Amazon. There's so much that I had to leave out just due to time, but it's a fascinating story and it's um, and it's still kind of sad, right? This podcast was produced and performed by Eric Gray. Check out the website. Get on the mailing list. Just go to ericexplains.com. That's E-R-I-C explains.com for additional content. Hey, and as always, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it.